Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you, whether you're in the room, whether you're at home, you are so welcome. I just want to take a couple of minutes at the start just to recap the journey that we've been on these last couple of weeks. Uh, one of the things we've been talking about are some dreams around a new compassion center. Um, we've shared about five areas of human need that will come up in a graphic in just a moment. And just reminding us that Storehouse, over the 25 years-ish that Storehouse has been running, has been primarily focusing on the immediate needs around food and clothing, and that has been wonderful. But we felt the Lord, and it's done other things from time to time, but we felt the Lord just really stir us to take a more intentional step uh, to establish a compassion center, and in the first instance, to press into security and stability needs. So walking alongside people as they look for employment, as they deal with uh, financial challenges. And so we've had a team exploring some options. We've been looking at organizations such as CAP, um, community money advice. We may well partner with another local church, but what's most needed right now is people like you, people like me. People that will just walk alongside somebody as they get information together to go to a debt advisor, um, that will help people prepare for an interview, write a CV, just prepare applications. And so we would love you to explore that with us. Full training is given, so you don't need to be sort of like have it all sorted out, yeah? But come and explore with us this Tuesday evening at 7.30 or Wednesday. We're going to repeat it at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's on Zoom. There's going to be a link going up in the online text so you can book there. If you're on site, there is a sign-up on the table at the back. We would love you to come and explore that. And the other thing that we spoke about last week was about generosity. Um, we, we just noticed the way that our generosity is seen by God and those around us, um, that it's about sacrifice and not the size of what we offer. Um, and it has a starting point. And the starting point is that everything that we have in our hands belongs to God. It's come from him. It all belongs to him. And so if you're a part of Riverside Vineyard Church, what I'm asking is that we all take some time, and it could be today or maybe in the next couple of days, to review our giving, particularly in the area of finances. And I, and I asked us a couple of questions last week to help us to frame that. What has the Lord put in our hands and what are we going to do with it? And prayerfully, when the Lord speaks to us, then do it. So it's, it's quite simple. In one. What has the Lord put in our hands and what proportion am I going to give? What am I going to do with it? And then we do that. If you're already giving, thank you so much. Do take a moment at this time of year just to review where you're at. If you need to make any changes and you're giving by direct debit or standing order, take that up with your bank, please. If you're not regularly giving yet, we would love you to start, and today is a good day. You can find all the information at riversidevineyard.com, but I know that many people now do not have printers at home. So we're trying to make this super easy. If you are on site, humor me right now. There is a piece of paper that looks exactly like this one that's under your chair. Could you just grab that, wave it at me, cool yourself down, create some breeze? That is wonderful. But even better, if you're not giving yet, could you take the next few minutes? I will be absolutely fine if you take this moment. I'd love you to listen to the rest of my talk, but actually, if this is now the moment for you to prayerfully do something, then do that. There is a pen under your chair as well. Or take this home, pray, and then you can send that back to us or bring that back. If you're online this morning, there's a link going up in the chat. You can just fill in your name 
and a very brief details, and we will post this information to you. I know for some you prefer to give, you know, physically cash and check. We can send you a pack of 12 monthly giving envelopes. Again, you can just indicate that, and we would, we would be delighted to send that out to you. Okay. What we're going to do today is we're going to continue to think about how we can open our hands. So just take a moment to think about the community that you're a part of, your neighborhood. Chances are there's quite a lot of need in your community, right? I, I looked up some stats in this part we, past week. These are, this is data from about two years ago, looking at the levels of child poverty in different communities around here um, after housing costs. Okay. I live in Richmond Borough. Wonderful. Lovely, right? One in six children in Richmond Borough is defined as living in poverty. One in six. It is the same rate in Spelthorne Borough. So for those of you who live kind of Sunbury kind of area around Shepparton, one in six. In Hounslow Borough, it's 40%, 41%. Two in five children in Hounslow Borough are defined as living in poverty. And that's just one example of the kind of needs that are around us. The need is huge. So this is a somewhat rhetorical question. Do you feel that you have enough in your hands to make a significant difference? If you're online, type yes or no in the room. Do you feel you have enough in your hands to make a significant difference in your community? Yes? No? Maybe? Not sure? Touchdown? Most of the time, I don't. I'm incredibly grateful for what the Lord has given me and our family, but for me, it can feel so small compared to the vastness of the need around me. I have what I hope is some really good news for us today. Jesus is in the business of multiplying what's in our hands. He's in the business of multiplying what's in our hands. So if you're a follower of Jesus, what we're going to look at today should give you a lot of hope. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, firstly, I'm so delighted that you're connecting with us today. And I hope that one of the things that you hear is the offer that Jesus gives to every one of us to live an extraordinary life of opportunity and bringing hope into our world. So if you have a Bible, could you turn with me to Mark chapter 8? Mark is the second of the Gospels. If you've got a paper Bible, it's about that far through. You might have a gadget or a device. The words will come up on the screen in the moment. If you're familiar with the Gospels, there are two occasions where Jesus fed, with his disciples, fed large crowds of people. One, there was 5,000 plus people. The one in Mark chapter 8 that we're going to look at today, there were 4,000-ish people. So that's a lot of people. Let's start in verse 1 of Mark chapter 8. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? So that's our scene. Large crowd, as we'll find, about 4,000 people. They've been there for three days. They're hungry, really hungry. Remote place, no shops. 
Have you ever watched the movie Groundhog Day? If you're online, you can type in right now, Groundhog Yes, I've seen it. Groundhog No, I've not seen it. In the room. Yes, watch Groundhog Day? No, not watch Groundhog Day? Not sure? I've watched it again and again and again. If you've watched it, you'll know that one. It's a story of a guy that's trapped in a time loop, and he keeps reliving the same day time and time again. Do you ever have deja vu moments in life? Been here before somehow? Keep a finger in Mark chapter 8. If you were to go back to Mark chapter 6, large crowd, 5,000 plus people, remote place, no food, an incredible miracle takes place. The crowd is fed by Jesus and the disciples. Chapter and a half later. Now, before we diss the disciples, I want to suggest that most of us are exactly like them. That we quickly forget what the Lord has done. Faith and expectation just ebbs away. And so a really important part of the Christian life is taking time to remember. That's why we share communion today. Because Jesus said you need to do this to remember. It is so important that there are moments in life where we remember, that we recall what God has done and what he's doing and what he will do in our lives. Let's read on, verse 5. How many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. Okay, here's some quick maths. 4,000 people divided by 12 disciples is 333.3 people each. Okay? And seven loaves between them, that's seven twelfths of a loaf per disciple. Okay? Just bear those numbers in mind. Let's read on. Verse 6. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. It's an amazing story, isn't it? Amazing story. One of the things that I've reflected on over recent years when I've read this story and also the story of the feeding of the 5,000 is this. When did the loaves multiply? At what point in the narrative did that actually take place? Because if they multiplied in Jesus' hands, I think the account would probably read something like this. When Jesus had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, suddenly he became utterly overwhelmed by the quantity of bread in his hands. 4,000 loaves suddenly appeared in Jesus' hands. I didn't read that, did you? I, I didn't read that. That's not what Mark records. What he says is that Jesus gave thanks, broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to distribute. So... I think it was like this. Jesus prayed, and, and I've, I've chosen a large loaf here. I've gone large, okay? And then I don't know whether he had a bread knife, but 
He said, right, seven loaves, 12 of you, that's seven twelfths. Okay, and Jesus was very good at dimensions. Seven twelfths of a loaf per disciple. And I like to think that Peter was first in the queue because that was the kind of guy that Peter was. So he said to Peter, here you go, mate. This is seven twelfths of a loaf. You've got 333.3 people. That's your lot. And then the next one and the next one. So just for a moment, imagine you're one of those disciples that's with Jesus. And that's what you've been given. And there's 333.3 people that haven't eaten for three days. What are you thinking right now? I know what I'm thinking. But I haven't got enough in my hands. I haven't got enough to go around here. So remember what I said a few minutes ago, there is so much need around us and we can feel like that, can't we? We often feel that we don't have enough in our hands. What we need is miraculous multiplication. We need something miraculous to happen. The good news is this, the little in our hands when offered to Jesus is multiplied. It's expanded. It does way more than we can ask or imagine because that's what Jesus does. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're not feeling just a little bit excited right now, could you check you've got a pulse? That the little that you have in the hands of Jesus can do extraordinary things, miraculous things, because Jesus multiplies that. Even if we don't feel that we have much to give, just a few loaves, a little bit of bread, how do we position for multiplication? That's what I want to go on and ask. How do we position for multiplication? I want to share three things this morning. The first is this. Allow compassion to rise. Allow compassion to rise in our hearts, in our lives. You see, following Jesus is a journey of becoming more like Jesus. And Jesus looks out on this crowd. He sees their need and he says, I have compassion. Now, the word in the original Greek text that we translate as compassion has a literal meaning of being moved in the bowels. It's like, it's not just a little bit of pity, kind of like, oh, what a shame. It's like, it's a gut-wrenching movement in the depths. It's deep, it's visceral, it's kind of, it's a compelling to do something that just grips the very depths of our beings. So that's the first thing, that we allow compassion to rise. And what we then do is that we open our hands. We open our hands. Jesus says, verse 5 to his disciples, how many loaves do you have? In other words, what's in your hands? What's in your hands? And so we look at what the Lord has put into our hands. The time he's given us, the energy, the skills, the abilities, the resources, the money. And then we give it all to Jesus. All of it. And somewhere between verses 5 and 6 in the account that we read, Jesus put those loaves back into the disciples' hands. And this is what it means to open our hands. That we look what's in our hands and then we put it into his. Knowing that when he gets hold of that, he has the power to multiply it. Because in my hands, this is just seven-twelfths of a loaf of bread. But in Jesus' hands, it's a crowd-filling banquet. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference with when Jesus gets hold of what we put into his hands? 
the skills and the resources that we have will only go so far unless we open our hands and put what we have into his hands. So let compassion rise, open our hands. What we then must do is take our seven-twelfths loaf of bread and try something. Just have a go. Just take a risk. Just try something. Even though it seems a little bit crazy, just imagine you're one of those disciples. That's all that Jesus has given you, and he says there's 333.3 people there. Have a go. Have a go. We take a step, don't we? We take a step with what we have. And you know what? Then the power of God comes. Then the power of God falls. And we'll never feel like we're ready. We'll never feel like we have enough. But you see, what I love in the story that we read is the disciples did not wait until they had the bread that they needed. They took what they had and just had a go. And so we take our seven-twelfths of a loaf of bread, what the Lord has put into our hands, We've given it to him, and he's released us back, and then we just try something. And sometimes we'll fail, won't we? Anyone ever failed? You've had a good... Yeah. Come on, the rest of you, your arms aren't working. Sometimes we fail, and sometimes we'll win. But what I want to suggest today is just having a try positions us for multiplication. You see, God's kingdom is a reality of supernatural multiplication. It's the business of the kingdom. Have you know, God's kingdom breaks the rules of physics. It breaks the rules of mathematics. It breaks the rules of economics. It breaks the rules of time and space. Have you noticed that as you read the gospel? Stuff happens, and it leaves your head scratching if you just have an analytical approach to it. It's like, how does that work? Because God's kingdom is other. It's a supernatural reality of multiplication. And so as we give financially to God, we may put what, we see, what, what may seem like a modest amount of money. But guess what Jesus does? Guess what he does? He multiplies it for the sake of his kingdom. We give a few hours a month to something like the Compassion Center. It might just seem just a little bit of time. Guess what Jesus does? Guess what he does with that? You see, this is the kingdom adventure that Jesus invites us into. And so I want to just lead us in a moment, as we often do, where all of us can just take a moment to say yes to Jesus again, to give him our yes. And I know many in the room here and online, you've given your yes in a sort of, Jesus, I'm giving my life to you way before, and that is wonderful. But again, I want us to have a moment where we just say, Jesus, in this adventure of multiplication, of giving the little that we have into your hands, knowing that you can do extraordinary things of that, Jesus, I'm saying yes to that adventure. I'm saying yes to that. And for others, you may be with us in the room or online, and you haven't come to a moment yet where you've said to yes to Jesus for the first time. And so this is a good moment for you as well. So can I just encourage us where we are, that we just bow our heads, that we're just very present with Jesus in this moment. He is with us right now. And I'm going to just pray a very simple prayer. Jesus, I love the invitation that you give to me. 
I, I love the adventure that you call me into. Jesus, I'm so sorry when I go my own way and I, and I try and create my own adventure. But Jesus, I'm today giving my yes to your adventure. I'm giving it again to your adventure. I'm giving it for some for the first time today to your adventure. And so Lord, I, I open my heart to you. Please forgive me for the ways I've tried to create my own stuff. And Lord, would you pour your new life into me right now. As I give my yes to you, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with grace, fill me with your mercy. Fill me with courage just to try for the sake of your kingdom. I give my yes to you in Jesus' name. Now, just as we've got our heads bowed, if you've prayed that for the first time this morning, could you just look up at me and just catch my eye? Um, because I'd love you to acknowledge this moment and I'd love to just be able to you know, have a chat at the end of our service. And if you're online, there is a button going up that says raise a hand and you can acknowledge um, this moment in that way. So if, you, if you've made that, if you've said that yes this morning, just catch my eye as I look around. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Those that have, do connect with the prayer team if you're online, if you're room here. Connect with myself or someone that you've seen on stage. We would love to um, be able to just continue conversation with you today. Wonderful. We're going to have a time to um, respond to the Lord in prayer. Don't worry about what's going on down in here. Um, Siobhan is being looked after. So pray. But we're going to continue to press into what the Lord has for us this morning. And I have a sense the Lord wants to continue to release healing amongst us. So to, to start with, we had a wonderful story that came in following last Sunday. We gave a word about sciatic pain. If we can show the quick video, that would be wonderful. Hi there, everyone. Andy asked me to sort of like just pass on my testimony from Sunday. Um, when he sort of mentioned, please come up for prayer for sciatica, that's me, definitely. So I went up and a guy called Dave prayed for me and I'm healed. It's really funny because I didn't even realise, I mean, I felt a little dull ache, but I went outside, you know, me started talking to people and before I knew it, I thought, oh, hang on, the pain has gone. So thank you, Dave, for praying for me, but most above all, thank you, God, for healing me. cool, isn't it? So cool. Alarine, Kim, have you got stuff you want to share with us? Uh, sang a song um, acknowledging, Lord, you have done great things. And then you went on to give the talk that you've given, Andy. Um, but I felt the Lord saying to me that there are some of us, has, as we were singing that song, we were acknowledging the great things that the Lord had done in the past, but really struggling to have faith for uh, great things today. And I just felt the Lord saying, take that thing off the too difficult to deal with pile and bring it to me today. Um, I had a word about people suffering from blood clots or like a DVT or something. And it, it, it's, yeah, so... If that's you or anything like that, then please get prayer for that. 
Um, yeah, I, I think I absolutely echo what, you know, what Kim was, you know, the sense of like, you know, I'm not finished. You know, we can see the good things, the great things now and in the future. And that was like, you know, you know, it's like it's an invitation. It's like, come, come and be part of my story. Wonderful. Thank you. I, I, I sensed a couple of things as we've been praying today. One is pain in the elbow. Um, I, I don't know which one and probably doesn't matter. Most of us got two. Pain in the elbow. And the other one was, um, I, I've got some pain right now on the underside of my left foot um, and it's not my pain. Um, and so if that's you, I would love us to pray for you because I would like to get rid of the pain under my foot. Um, and often that doesn't happen until your pain has been dealt with. And I would really like that. So, there may be a bunch of other things. There may be other ways that you have got pain, and particularly in parts of your body, um, but also, you know, mind and heart, and that's, that's okay as well. So the guys will lead us in some worship. Could I just ask that if you would like some prayer this morning, that some of those things that we've shared, um, but some of those, those healing kind of invitations... If, if that's for you, could, could I just ask you to be brave and just take a, 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 to stand up where you are right now?